0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, uh, one of the heads. And I am Dane, the head with the hat. He's got a hat on tonight. Uh, Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games, where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you, and even play some games sometimes. Cosmo, uh, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, today we are doing a, uh, a Tips and Tricks Tips and Tricks. Episode. TNT. Yeah. We're going to start calling it that. (laughs) Um, We're going to be talking about running one-shots as a Game Master, but nothing about this is bad for a player to hear or know as well. Um, So if you're just a player, but you're just interested in it, it's good. But this is specifically for the Game Master side of running one-shot RPG sessions. All
1: right. So a Tips and Tricks episode uh, is just we're going to talk through some things that we've experienced that are not going to be completely contained with like our Eclipse engine or our IPs. just general uh, things that we've encountered and our advice on how to handle certain situations. Yeah.
0: Um, and this, I think, is going to be a, a major component of just what our show consists of going forward. This is something we want to do. Uh, helpful kind of instructional material that anyone can engage with. And hopefully
1: so, entertaining as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Always hope. <laughs> we, we'll fucking try. Uh, so, Dang, what even is a one shot? Well,
1: so a one shot, uh, that's what we call them, is a contained adventure that you do in a single session uh it doesn't have to be um as loose as one of our things in RPG lite which uh we will explain Mm-mm. in another episode we're going to do some whole RPG lite stuff mm-hmm. but uh so like for example you could use the eclipse engine to create a world and characters but then you sit down for 3 or 4 hours and you go through the whole adventure start to finish um so different than a campaign where like oh you know, you finish the first act. <clears throat> sorry, you finish the first act, and you need to go on. And the next session is the second act, or like maybe part two of the first act, whatever. Right? So, a beginning and an end, and then you never have to come back to it, or yeah. you could come back to it if, if you it's want so to. good.
0: But yeah, that's sort of the main thing: single, self-contained thing, and usually in a single session. Uh, we have had them go uh go longer but it's usually better if you can you know set aside time and i'm getting a little bit ahead of myself as far as what we talk about but we have had you know we've had what were meant to be one shots go over time or be like oh well is this going to be two sessions Mm. and a lot of times that doesn't really pan out so great but we'll uh we'll talk
1: about that all right, so now that you know what we say, what we mean when we say a one shot, uh, so in this episode, we're gonna give a little argument of like why one shots are a good idea, why mm-hmm. you might do a one shot with your player base, or why as a player you might do a one shot.
0: Uh, we are also gonna talk about who is a one shot. <laughs> no, that's, that's a joke, yeah, that's but joke. it
1: really happened,
0: but uh. We're gonna talk about the uh, setting of a one shot as you're you know thinking about running it. Where do you put it how do you how do you set that up
1: uh, We're also going to talk about um, the direction because uh, I think in one shots you need a lot of direction from the game master to make it a successful one shot uh, and that leads into the structure. how do you structure a one shot um, appropriately because it's different than a campaign because there's not a lot of wandering off in one shot you gotta stay on target Mm -hmm.
0: um specifically following that we're going to talk about structure how do you when you're writing it or outlining it or whatever it is that you do to prepare for running a session um how do you organize it how do you structure it how do you put the things that need to be there where they need to go and of course, uh, encounters,
1: um, that could be combat or non-combat encounters. Mm.
0: But all all role-playing is basically made up of a series of different encounters. So we're going to talk about how that goes, or how to do that specifically for a one-shot.
1: And then of course, endings, because uh, it's got to have an end, right? You're trying to wrap this up in a single, you know, maybe it's two hours, maybe it's four hours. Uh, that's kind of like the... The good range there, um, anything less than two hours seems a little rushed uh, in our experience and mm-hmm. anything more than four hours could be split up into multiple sessions because it's hard to get people together for four hours um, scheduling conflicts and such
0: also an ending is one of the things that like really defines a one- shot in a lot of ways because you can begin a um, you can begin a campaign whether it be you know some sort of open world sandbox or you know just something that you know is going to be a multi-part thing uh and you know you might not get all the way there you might not ever you might not ever get to a point where you're like engaging with whatever the end was supposed to be or it might have changed or right. to, like sometimes use, a big long campaign doesn't end
1: to use a toric example with no context at all hmm. uh you might never kill the high lords <laughs> figure that one out look it suckers. Up. <laughs> all right so let's uh let's get started with making our case of why one shots are something a GM should have in their toolbox because they
0: are fun um Cosmo why don't hmm. you kick us off okay so one of the main uh pros I guess we don't really have like a pros and cons There's, we're not we're not talking about why these are bad this is one of the reasons they're good It's great for getting new people involved. Um, and this applies to both players and game masters. We are fairly new to this hobby, I guess, as a, you know, thing. Like we're at maybe four years of doing this, uh, being interested in it for a long time. But, you know, we haven't been playing for years and years. Some of the people you see online, uh, have been been doing it for a long, long time. We were new to it. And so pretty much everyone that we ever played with
2: was up also until
0: recently was, yeah, very new to it. And we were like, let's get into this. And... We were having real trouble
1: maintaining consistent sessions in a campaign. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'd drop a huge campaign. And we'd do one or two sessions. And then, like, oh, kind of scheduling conflicts, scheduling conflicts. And then, like... Then it's like three months, and it's kind of like I forgot who my character was. Mm-hmm. So we thought, hey, it's still fun to roleplay. Uh, why don't we just do a story in
0: a single setting? We also had a friend. One specific example, but I think it's you know it's helped out everybody. Um, we had a friend who was like interested that we were playing. He's he lived with one of our friends who was playing with us at that time. Um and he was like, Yes, I'm very interested in all this, but I don't know. I feel like I'm maybe not too I'm not creative enough to
1: continually yeah, run a character to, to a come campaign. up with something yeah. for
0: this and stick with this and you know, we were like, Well, you should just try anyway. We're not, you know, judging anyone's fucking uh character creation or storytelling right. ability or anything. But um a one shot can be a great way to be like without the hobby seeming intimidating because I think it can in a lot of ways. Yeah. Especially
1: for other, like, well, for like d d for example, lots of books mm-hmm. to read up on, lots of things to know, and like even creating your characters a whole ordeal. Uh, it can be intimidating and it puts up a barrier because like, eh, yeah. I like, I'm kind of interested, but like I don't want to spend my nights doing homework, right?
0: Yeah. Um. So... A one-shot is a great way to be like, you haven't done this before, or maybe you're, you know, Mm. just fresh to it. We're going to do a sort of low-pressure... Low-pressure. ...quick thing, where, with a lot of direction for who you're going to be in the Mm. adventure, um, we can just jump into playing, and we can go all the way through something in one sitting. So...
1: Right, and then like you don't ever have to come back to that character.
0: Yeah, so it alleviates a lot of the pressure and a lot of the um, potential for mm-hmm. uh, the whole thing seeming kind of intimidating. Same, same for works for
1: game masters too. Because mm-hmm. uh, hey, I got this cool idea, but like it's not going to be like three month long thing. Like I just I have a cool idea, and like yeah. oh yeah, let's I'm not
0: necessarily out. ready to step into the game mastering seat. Mm-hmm on a permanent full-time right. basis. And I don't know if I have the storytelling chops to, um, spoiler alert, you probably do if you're interested, fucking right. do it. But someone might come at the hobby mm-hmm. that way and be like, yeah, uh, right. I don't know. I feel like I want to I'm like, all right, do a one shot, get some friends together. Right.
1: Cause you can, and like, you can also try some, some weirder stuff that may be like, ah, I don't know if this is actually going to work. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh just try it out. Uh you know, you know, get your novel um setting in there and play around with it. And you know, maybe maybe you come out of the one shot and you're like, okay, well that some of it worked and some of it didn't. So like our our work on it. Or uh, you know, maybe you as like, uh eh, we're a regular role-playing group. We got a campaign, you know, this is like three months in, and like, eh. Maybe we take a break from our regular campaign.
0: And try something else,
1: mm-hmm. right? Tons of potential there.
0: Some couple of things we've done with it. You know, we we started playing Torg, which is a um, interesting mishmash of genres. Hmm. Um, after we kind of broke away from that and started focusing on doing some uh more contained and more focused adventures, not long campaigns, we started exploring a an original uh apocalypse, post apocalypse setting. We've done some stuff in a fantasy setting as well as like a Eldritch mm-hmm. horror call of Cthulhu type um adventure setting. And it's, you know it's a it's a great way to explore stuff like that.
1: Especially uh, mechanics like uh mm. so like one that I did, um was in this post apocalyptic setting that we have and will be available um Yeah, we'll on talk more about
0: that in, in some
1: later episodes uh definitely want to get into that but uh what about uh how do you sail in this world Mm -hmm. uh because like hey you know it'd be cool as doing like a little island hop Odysseus in the Caribbean Mm -hmm. right uh I had no idea really how how to do that so I like kind of you know just spitballed some ideas and was like hey let's do let's do a one-shot uh
0: and you guys are sailing and we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Worked out pretty good. Yeah, it was interesting. We we had to do some rolls to like, you know, mm-hmm. handle the vessel and maintain our course. And then on a map we saw, you know, how far we right.
1: And by no means was or... like ready to like, oh, now I'm going to make a whole sailing campaign. I
0: It definitely needed some work and it needed a it needed test space. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, a great thing it could be. Uh, when we were still playing Torg... Um, I ran a one-shot with our uh with our group of players, where um what I had them doing is sort of a like a North African uh World War II like tank adventure. So all of the party members, with their gear and their magical abilities and all the stuff that they had, they had to steal a tank and, you know, drive it from point A to point B, steal it from the bad guy army. And what we were playing with there is mechanics where, like, everyone has to, you know, role play being in a confined space as part of a crew in order to, you know, make the vehicle do what you need to do. And that worked to a certain degree. What we encountered was certain players feeling like they didn't actually get to participate that much because they only had to, like, roll simply to mm-hmm. drive the vehicle or turn the vehicle, whatever. Um... Right, but but we, there was a
1: lot of good takeaways from yeah, that, too.
0: Yeah, we, we learned a lot from that, and I think overall it was still enjoyable. But you know, uh, that was sort of like the foundation for us thinking about vehicle rules mm-hmm. and uh, like crude vehicles and stuff like that in a role-playing setting. Right. So
1: so hopefully that's, um, that puts you on board yeah. with having one-shots is in your toolbox. Good to get know? new
0: people involved. Great to explore new settings or try things and specifically experiment with new mechanics and, you know, things that maybe aren't ready for a big campaign or maybe you don't have written all the way yet. Mm -hmm. So let's
1: move on to setting. Mm -hmm. Uh, So now we're getting to like the
0: our advice, our tips and our tricks. The meat of how we recommend you set this stuff up and run it. Now, setting is kind of like where we think you ought to begin if you're going to do something like this. And maybe setting is already decided for you. Maybe you're, you know, thinking... Maybe you already know. You're going to be playing Dungeons & Dragons. But you want to do a one-shot before you, you know, settle right, into a whole Right, so, so a
1: one-shot setting should... You should have some... Good specifics uh for your players and for you too, as the game master it will help you decide certain things um have it clearly in mind and that way you can set the scene you can create atmosphere and make it an enjoyable experience, even though it's a very short story you' gotta pa- so like you've gotta pack a lot into the two. Three hour little session you guys are doing, yeah, so for me, what I do is i I come up with just kind of like a bulleted list of like you know this is something I thought that would fit in this setting, so like you know maybe some references to like some pop culture stuff like a, a like a movie or
0: a pop bull- culture references are a terrific way to um like dial your players in if it's going to be a fantasy thing or a post apocalypse thing or like a modern day uh like i don't know detective adventure or mm. whatever it's going to be um it really helps in in the in the planning stage for you and for players to like get their head wrapped around the idea if you clearly tell them where and when this is going to be set and what that's going to entail,
1: right? What are the constraints? Um, for example, uh, one of our friends and Cosmo's younger brother mm. is going to be running uh, something for us, and we we had a we needed to know the constraints for character creation because it's very important. Character creation is very important in one shot, and we'll get. Um, well, I guess we can get into it now. So the setting. Really framing the setting helps develop good characters. Um, mm-hmm. We have some different way, Like, you can do. Well, we have done mm-hmm. two things. Uh, we have let players create their own characters mm-hmm.
0: with uh, direction. With and, specific direction. If you're going to uh, say, you know, it's seven. a fantasy universe, mm-hmm. tell them about it and say, like, you know, this is what a normal. Uh, you know, this is what is normal in this world. Mm. These are the things you should and should not yeah. be capable. Actually, of.
1: I think I think we jumped a little bit ahead. Mm-hmm. Let's talk more about the um, direction because uh, we jumped right into characters. Yeah, let's. Have, there is a thing that uh, I think is important to talk about. Um, so you got your setting. Mm-hmm. You got a clear idea of what that setting is. You got some pop culture references, maybe. Uh, just like you got your frame, mm-hmm. right? So you need some direction. Uh a clear objective or goal works really well in one shot. Without that, it can be wondering and then like then it doesn't really come to a conclusion and you know, it's not necessarily a one shot, it's more of a open ended like oh, well let's pick this up next time. Mm-hmm. So you I mean,
0: think about it as like uh chapters in a book almost yeah. or something, you know, like you don't want you don't want your goal for the one shot to be the big overarching thing for a universe. Or something that could be a campaign. Right. Like, or, you don't want it to be take the ring like, to Mordor. Mm, you want it to just be like, tonight, you need to cross the river. Right. You whatever. need to get across to Bree,
1: Yeah. Right. Um, or, like, a bad, I think, a bad example of an objective or goal in a one shot is explore the area.
0: Yeah. Because then, you know, it's wildly open ended, it ends kind of when each player is bored with it. And that happens at different times mm-hmm. and, you know, you, it puts a lot on you to make things happen to them. Mm. Now, so you want to give them a thing to do.
1: There is a caveat and we'll talk about that in a second. So with a clear objective goal, you can have your like obvious external goal, like some examples. And, you know, if you're listening to these episodes in order, you've already heard Um, a couple of our one-shots. I ran a Mountain Cities for Cosmo, Mm -hmm. and Cosmo ran one for me. So in the Mountain Cities, there was the clear objective. Take a package from A to B.
0: Mm -hmm. With the the background information of, like, it's a sci-fi setting on a terraformed planet, and this is a little bit, like, sort of criminal. Deliver a package.
1: Right. So then, like, the... The Viking Kraken uh, session that Cosmo ran for me is the other side of that, where it could be like he didn't give me a clear objective. Mm -hmm. He just said I was on a boat back to England. Right. So, like, there could be your objective is explore the area, but he had a specific like event in mind that would lock me.
0: It's going to change it for them. Mm -hmm. So, like, they need to have enough information about the setting and the world. To create a character that is self-motivated. If you're not going to tell them from the get-go that like, oh, your job is to slay this monster or to find this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then they need to have enough information from the get-go to create a character that is self-motivated in that session. And then you dump a thing on them as a right. the game master.
1: So you, you, um, as a game master, it's no longer like, oh, about... Getting back to England,
0: it's about getting out of the crate. Right. Now suddenly it's survival, mm-hmm. and I think what you'll find a lot in that um, in that style of adventure, like surprise thing happens to them. The goal is going to quickly change to survival.
1: Yes, mm-hmm.
0: and we've we've done a few things like that. Um, about yeah. a year or so ago, I ran an adventure in our apocalypse setting. Uh, where the players were all, you know, adventurers who had already completed their adventure. And their job was to just, like, get back to town and turn in. But along the way, they stopped at an inn along the road. And while they were at the inn, they find out that, like, all the... um,
1: Barmaids. All the
0: barmaids and all the people who work there are actually, like, mutants in disguise who want to eat them. Sirens. Sirens. It was a siren. Yeah, they're like, you know, they're (laughs) sexy sirens. And what it became is a sort of dusk till dawn Mm. uh, scenario, like lock-in adventure setting. But they didn't know that in the beginning. But I gave them enough about the setting Mm. and what they were doing so that they were all competent adventurers. And when I changed the rules on them, they were like, oh, it's not about getting back to town. It's about survival. They were well-suited to... Mm you know, play in that space.
1: So it's very important if you're going to let your players make their own characters, it's very important to give them enough. Um to make a successful character. Cause, like, for example, in the in the Viking uh Kraken one, if I had made a character that wasn't good at fighting, it would have been really it just it probably wouldn't have been a very successful session because yeah, it just wouldn't have gone well. What what Cosmo had planned versus like what I was able to do would butt heads. Mm-hmm. So and like make your que- uh make your players ask questions. Like, you know, if if you don't feel that they're making the right sort of character I guess our take back I I started that off wrong. You should in a one shot, you should check up on your players and how they're doing with character creation. It's like, hey, you got an idea let me let me hear your idea mm-hmm. of a character to make sure that it fits because you want to- col- uh collaborative storytelling right that's mm-hmm. that's why, that's what it's all about, so if it doesn't really work, then it's gonna be hard, yeah for both player and game
0: master right, and you know you also like you want to give them as little uh as little uncertainty, as little things to question as you possibly can. So tell them everything about it and maybe even because right. it's a one-shot and it's gonna be very directed. Mm-hmm. Um you know, tell them, hey, like you guys are detectives mm-hmm. and you're in this city. Right. Go from there. And all detectives carry a gun. Yeah. Like this, right. that. Something like that. You know. I'm not gonna tell you everything that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But like you guys are investigating a crime, you're detectives, and you work mm. here, right and now. Make your character
1: taking taking that a step further, and we've had success for, with this. Um, is just make characters for your players. Mm. You don't have to like, oh, Cosmo, you're going to play this character, but like one that we ran when we were kind of getting off of Torg, um, but still like in the Torg universe because the player base knew the torg universe i made like i call it we call it the temple of anubis um so i spent a a decent amount of time creating like 10 characters for our like five players to choose from Mm -hmm. so like oh you know here are your characters pick your character and like everybody read the character sheets and like you know i made little
0: backstories and you know all that stuff that was a um, lot of fun to work on because, you know, we cast a mm-hmm. cast of characters for that adventure. And everyone had, like, little things that, you know, they were trying to do. We gave them some, like, extra motivation. Mm. Uh, a couple of them were just, like, written so they couldn't stand each other. So there would be, right, uh, some like, conflict within the party, right? some friction. And, and it
1: turned out spectacularly. I, that's, like, the only one that I've actually ever ran twice. mm like I ran it once and it was so good that I ran it again. Like, because one of our players missed the first time. It was like that sounded so cool. Run it for me. Mm-hmm. Do it.
0: Do it. Ran it again. Everyone who participated was someone different, and like you know, the specific events of the adventure were rearranged. And it was it was a completely different able to play just through. you know run the thing again, mm-hmm. sort of like. And you know, another playthrough of Skyrim or something.
1: So, I think that's a perfect segue um, into structure. So, direction, right? Give your players some direction, clear objective, um, you know, some help with character creation. So, how do you keep that tight story uh, with the structure? Because it's structured a little bit different. A one-shot is structured a little bit different than a campaign, mm-hmm. right? So... In Temple of Anubis, for example, there was a clear objective and goal. It was, you guys have to go retrieve this artifact from this, like, temple pyramid thing, right? Uh Boom. Clear objective. I've made your characters for you. Pick your character, right? There's some choice in that. It's not just everybody gets the character I've assigned to them.
0: It's yeah. choose who we you want to be. We didn't cast our players, but there was a roster of characters mm. pre-made to choose from, which... uh Circles back to the, one of the big merits of a one shot, especially if you do it that way. If you have a roster of pre-made characters for them to select from, you alleviate a lot of the pressure of character creation and, you know, people who might be doubting their own capabilities or creativity. And, um, it's wonderfully accessible for new players.
1: True. Um, so the structure, the way Temple of Nubis was structured is it was, um, it was, uh, what was it? Three, I believe three f- floors, flea, three floor dungeon. Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> uh, so there in the first floor there, so clear beginning, right? You enter
0: the temple. Y'all go into the Boom. temple. Steal something, right. I think, right? It was steal something? It was, well, It just retrieve. Retrieve, yeah. It didn't belong right. to anybody, really, because, mm-hmm. well, I mean, it belonged to all the dead stuff that was there. Yeah. That was the thing about Torg, is, like, it was a Indiana Jones, sort of, like, Egypt setting, and because of the, like, invasions of other realities... Everything spooky about, like, you know, the mummy and that sort of horror, like, they had actually all come to life. Mm -hmm. So it was just dangerous to be out in the world because so many dead things were coming back to life. Right. So, first floor, you enter the dungeon.
1: Boom. Session starts. Right? Right. Then the first floor had, like, I believe it was, like, a circular room of ten doors, right? And, like, I had this little map of, like, you know, this door leads to here, this door leads to here, these actually connect, and, like, you know, boom, 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 right? So the structure was a linear path because, like, you need to get to the second floor. There's several ways you can get to the second floor, but you need to go to the second floor. And, like, actually what I had done is... Make a little combat out front, and then they get in to the temple, and then, boom, explosion happens, cave in, you're stuck. Like the Mines of Moria. So Now you
0: have to do the adventure. No going out. You
1: have to go through the dungeon.
0: And that um, reiterates, again, that point and that sort of technique Mm -hmm. on the Game Master side. That reiterates the idea of containment for a one-shot. A one-shot is not a place to... You know, give your players free reign or open world exploration. It's a place to move the story right? forward. Like
1: if there's a door that, like, oh, you're in a hallway. There's three doors. You know what's behind two of them because you've planned for it, and like the third one is just I needed. You know, it sounds better when I say three doors, and they're mm-hmm. like, we want to go through this door, the door that you haven't planned for. Can't get through that door,
0: mm-hmm. no matter how hard you try. Oh well, I try to lock pick it. Lock can't be picked, or they do pick it. And you just kind of like improv it. Put the thing that they need to get to mm. behind whatever right. door they do open. So, you
1: know, if you're, we we stopped, we didn't, we didn't stop. We never started uh, putting up like big takeaways on the board here. Mm. But that would be one. If we were keeping track is, so avoid the railroad of, oh, you just can't go this way. Sure, you can go this way and just like, or take the room that I had planned for
0: that you didn't go down, and I'll put it where it needs put it over to here. be, because you are doing a one shot, not a huge campaign with a ton mm-hmm. of so like not a lot know. of back, backtracking, yeah, like or time explore. to just like waste mm-hmm. exploring on the you know the off chance that there's something worth finding or. You know, just because they're interested in something right. that you maybe didn't flush out very well,
1: because because uh, you know, as much as it sucks for us, and hopefully sucks for hopefully it sucks for everybody else, because then we're not alone. Yeah, would but mean, like we're not terrible at this. You know, our players have their own lives, so they can't spend because we're all adults now. We're not teenagers
0: or younger. Just uh, kind of suck we didn't get they have their like own 13 right But I had a lot more time to build dungeons and right shit and write stupid stories we
1: can spend all saturday playing now we can't spend all saturday playing because like yeah, chores because everyone's got stuff to house do house and pets and girlfriends and boyfriends and such and such um so players have their limits of one time commitments and two just kind of intention span yeah right so like one shots are not built for exploring one shots are built to tell a contained
0: story,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so and to move like from point to point. Yes, and that will probably you know like circling back. We're talking about structure. We're talking about containment. It will probably feel pretty linear to you running it. Yes, but use all the tools that you have to make it not seem linear. Give mm-hmm. them you know an opportunity to explore in a room,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but don't give them you know free reign to just like wander. Let them explore for a little bit and right. signpost the way forward or then, make something you know, chase them.
1: Big you know big thing put it on the board is if something to move the forest to move the story forward needs to like be found or talked about or discovered don't put it behind uh, a roll
0: yeah don't put it behind a dice roll say like well, hey you and actually, notice it
1: i take that back immediately you can put it behind a dice roll but make the dice roll like a zero the difficulty is zero so it, no yeah, matter sort what sort of like get, a
0: a, a, decept- a fake dice roll yes um and like sure you be know like oh, 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 if they roll a one all right well you didn't see anything does anyone else want to try right. but there needs to be There needs to be forward progression in a one-shot, because it is small, and it is just the one thing. Right. So, like, remember the the
1: detective uh, story I try to do in Torg?
0: I do. I don't think they do.
1: They don't. But I was pointing at you, not pointing at them, (laughs) because I can't. Because, like, we love you, but we can't see you. We can point
0: at the microphone. Yeah.
1: All right. From now on, we point at the microphone. I point at the computer. Anyways. Uh so I tried to run a detective story a case um in the Torg universe um in the same like nile uh empire realm mm-hmm. like the pulp indiana jones uh but I and it was supposed to be a one shot you know one session and then they they break the case you know they they figure out the case or whatever uh it did not go super well because, like, I put in all these. I did a lot of work on it. I did my homework. I had all these, like, clues and, like, things that they needed to find. And they all had their difficulties. And then, like, you know what happened? Is, like, the first room they investigate, they're all rolling, rolling double. Uh, they're all rolling single digits. And, like, they're not beating any of the difficulties to find, like, the clues or whatever. And, like, oh, well, that's just how you rolled. So, like, what do you do now? And then it just turned into, like. Kind of just a shit show where they're like, we don't know. And then, like, I kind of, like, forced it. And then, like, there was a time constraint because we were running over time. And I, like, forced an ending. Anyways, they did not successfully. You didn't solve the mystery. They didn't solve the mystery. And they had to leave town because they were framed for the murder or something like that. I
0: can't exactly remember how. it I think we abducted uh, a constable from, yeah. like, the city guard. And we, we tried to, like, pin it on him or something because we weren't. <laughs> Cause they didn't find the clues. Which, like to be fair, that's really were, cool. It's cool that stuff can spin out of control it went bad, that way.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Um But And we can talk about that in Indies.
1: Yeah. But anyways, so like I didn't I didn't follow well that was that was uh years ago, so now I know better. Um Direction. Give them some direction. Mm-hmm. Alright, so there's what we had to say about structure. Anything more to say about structure? Um, I
0: think, you know, Big, if we're reading back the board. I think that was about it. Like, the, the main thing is to just, like, use all your improvisational techniques. Rearrange encounters. And we're, we're about to talk about, encounters. like, what sort of encounters. But, like, put what needs to happen where it needs to be. Mm. And kind of just, like, scooch things along all the ways that you can. Without making it feel like a railroad as much as possible, and don't ever like take player agents and be like, "Well, you decide to go this way." Don't right. don't do that. That's
1: that's a bad.
0: It's got to come do from. That. It's got to come from your players. Which you,
1: and like, well, not necessarily that. Like, if you want them to go left, mm-hmm. fork in the road, left or right, and you want them to go left, instead of saying, "You guys go left," say, "Oh, you start down the right path." Cave in. Mm-hmm. Now, there's only one way to go.
0: Right. So you're, you know...
1: And then, like, you know, maybe assess some damage. Because that to, like, still came from track. your players.
0: And your players are like, oh, well, we made a wrong decision yes. there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that enforces the idea that they are free to make decisions. And make and mistakes. Make mistakes. And tell the story... Their way. You know, tell their story in your adventure. Um, but you keep it going in the right direction.
1: Right, so uh encounters are a great way to do that because, like we talked about, role playing game is just made of a series of encounters. Encounters does not mean combat. Mm-hmm. Often I does.
0: You... I mean, yes, usually. I don't know a ton of role. There are there are a few that are specifically designed to like not do combat, but mm-hmm. pretty much we're all playing adventurers in one setting or another.
1: Well, and, and... so like when when I say encounter, I am. When we, when we say encounter, we're talking more, we include other things. For example, we already talked, we already did a Lord of the Rings reference, so let's stick with it, right? Mm -hmm. So, you guys are in the town of Bree. You're at the Prancing Pony. Mm -hmm. You're all having a fun time drinking. There's
0: something you're supposed to be doing, but you're you're like, yeah, we're taking a break right now.
1: Right? So, what needs to happen is Strider needs to talk to Mm -hmm. you. Right. Well you need to talk to Strider. Right. But like you guys the But players, you're like, oh
0: he's just a guy in the corner and we're drinking pints.
1: Right. So we're not gonna fucking talk to him. And then the game master's like, okay, to move the
0: story along Strider's gonna come I'm gonna and like, make it happen. Grab Frodo mm-hmm. and be like, Hey, you fucked up. We need to talk. That moves the story forward because an NPC in the scene, in the encounter, mm-hmm. came in And interacted with the players. Right. Do it through your characters, you know, not through like the omniscient game mastery. So, encounters, you gotta move the story along
1: some way. Encounters are a great way. Be a little bit careful on how heavy of a hand you take as a game master, but don't be afraid to do something like that. If something needs
0: to happen, improv a way that it happens yeah. and giving them something giving players as a game master giving players something to react to is usually you know the best way to elicit a response from them and the mm, best way to like engage right. them in something
1: right so like the the classic um we have both uh done through our education like oh go up and present right mm, yeah done a lot of presentations. present to the class Right? Asking questions is a great way to get a response. But like, you know, classic teacher thing, oh, you know, uh, A B or A squared plus B squared equals what class, that's a bad way to go about it. What you do is say A squared plus B squared equals what? Um Cosmo. You. Yeah. Give me an answer. Right? Choose you uh, know, pick somebody right. out. Because Otherwise, you're probably just going to be met with silence.
0: Right. So in the encounter, say you're in a situation where, like, you want to give your players, and you should, I feel like, let's let's be clear, um, a one-shot shouldn't be a, uh, I don't know, it shouldn't be like a, a water park ride where you just go down the slide and get to the end. Sure. Or at least it shouldn't feel like that to your players. So you should give them that moment where they're at the tavern and they can take a load off. But you don't want them to stay there forever. Mm. And at well, some so- point, you need to refocus them on the idea that like there is a job they're supposed to be doing mm. and a story that needs to move forward. And a great way to do that is to send an NPC mm. or something into that situation mm. and engage one However- of the characters directly and be like, hey... Let's talk about this or come with me or I'm going to make you or whatever.
1: However, well, it worked better before you said that last bit. So the Seabreeze Motel that Cosmo created. Mm -hmm. uh, And that was an interesting thing because he created it. I don't know if I said the
0: name at the beginning. That's the uh, adventure that I ran where they were adventures on their way back to town. Stopped at an inn. The inn was a bunch of sexy sirens trying to eat them.
1: So he created that. And then it was very interesting because we had a big player base, uh, so we split it up. Classic two-headed game master, right? So same adventure. Cosmo ran. I ran it for two people. I ran it for two people, right? So, or maybe you ran it for two or three. I can't remember. But what we did is we got our we got our whole big
0: group together, split them up into Mm. you know split them in half and we ran the same adventure simultaneously for two different and then, groups and then we all a, talked about that it. That
1: was a real fun like talk cuz like what did you get anyways. Yeah, anyways, that the was- point the point I was trying to make is so the the game master hand doesn't always have to like remind them, "Oh, you had an objective." Cuz like the objective in that one was go turn in your like monster bounty. But the game master hands like refocusing the players is like oh here's a motel you know here's a motel here's an inn on the roadside that you guys are at first half of it like our oh explore mm-hmm. talk to this guy talk to the bartender you know talk to these people then because there were sirens and they had like some magic uh you know illusion magic right so there were so many chances through exploring there are chances to see
0: through the veil Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, this isn't a nice hotel. This is a bunch of, like, mm -hmm. slimy bones.
1: Right? So, like, that's where the refocus comes from. Like, halfway through, your party gets in danger. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, you guys figure out that, oh, they're actually fucking sirens. And that could be through, like, oh, well, like, I'm going to observe the bartender because she's, like, being weird. Oh, I saw through the illusion. She's actually a gross monster. Or it could come through, like, hey, I'm going to take one of these barmaids up and better. Hmm. And then, like, oh, we're alone in the room together. Yeah, I'm going to try and seduce.
0: Oh, wait, that that seemed easy. mm -hmm. Oh, yeah,
1: she wanted me to do that. Then you get up into the room alone together and, like, oh, what happened to the pretty lady? Now she's a gross monster trying to eat me.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? And then, boom,
0: no longer does... Does the like, oh let's go turn yeah. in our monster. You've been letting uh, contracts. them you've been letting them just kinda like hang out in the space, do sort of just like free play. And you're like, Oh well I want some drink. I wanna mm-hmm. you know, I wanna seduce the barmaid, I want to talk to this like other guy who's got something going on. I think I put uh I put a guy in handcuffs and there was like a couple officials like taking him back to jail or something. He's trying to get you to release him. He's not part mm-hmm. of what's going on, but so he's just like an interesting he thing is what, for you to like, engage with. is a possible
1: space. make it happen scenario. Like, oh, I'm just here, release me. You release him, and then boom, the shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. But, like, you don't have to. Maybe you you don't give a shit. Oh, you're in chains? Well, we're going to go talk to the barmaids. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fine. Yeah, we like, care that's about where. This guy.
0: He's a stranger. We want to just relax and, you know, chill take, out. A, take a night off.
1: Right, so that's where the, like, modular, uh, be loose with it, the improv encounters. Like, send a bunch of, have a bunch of ideas of, like, how you're going to move the story forward. Leave it up to the players to choose which one actually is what you say.
0: I'll say this as well. I um, I don't think this made it onto our uh, list of notes. Um, but if you don't have a clear, like, uh, linear episode structure, then it's really, really great for a one-shot to um, make the whole thing kind of one big encounter. Mm. Composed by, composed of, you know, lots of little individual conversations or fights or whatever, but like make it one encounter and make it in one confined space. Right, like, you
1: know, the, the survival thing that we talked about, like oh, you get eaten by the Kraken. Perfect example. Excuse me. You don't have to start on a boat. Right. Like, hey, I kinda wanna do a story, but like I don't have a real like I don't have a beginning. Just say, hey, your characters just got ate.
0: Yeah. You got ate by a monster. Uh you're in a you're in a bar, someone started a bar fight. Somebody else started. You didn't yeah, start a bar you fight. Start but now you are but in a bar. But now fight. you're in a bar fight. Um, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's our, you know, sort of a little bit loose, but it's loose on purpose because it's role playing and we're also not saying anything for specifically Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder or Torg or Call of Cthulhu. We're talking about just like general ideas you how to you put didn't, this together.
1: You didn't include our stuff. Eclipse
0: that, Engine. But fucking play Eclipse Engine guys. We also aren't
1: talking specifically our stuff either. Yeah. But Play Eclipse Engine. It's fucking cool. Also, it's easy. One day, one day, our stuff will be included in the same sentence as Dungeons and Dragons. That's or at the least dream. that's my dream. Yeah, that's <laughs>
0: that's the dream. Someday they're going to be like, oh, D and D, Warhammer, Fantasy, Call of Cthulhu, Eclipse Engine. Anyways,
1: all right. So, uh, yes, that's that's what we have to say about Encounter. So, end of the episode is also talking about endings. Yeah. How do you bring it all together, right? How do you bring your setting, your direction, your structure, and the encounters in those to an end, to a close? Mm-hmm. Satisfying. Well.
0: Well, we have a few things. Our first thing is with a with a one-shot, you do want to start with a clear goal. And you want to make that clear to the players, either from the get-go or from the, like the first encounter. If they get eaten by the kraken, now their goal is to survive. Or you are whatever you are, and this is your job in this adventure. You do want to start with that clear goal, but we actually recommend that you don't plan for any specific or story critical ending. We well
1: instead, so maybe maybe bring it back mm. a couple. Some extreme um, that was kind of extreme is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So what we recommend is don't be set into one ending. Like oh yeah. they okay they find they find the key they get through the door they find the magic sword that beats the monster.
0: Let's say that right. That's better. Um, don't be married to anything. Yeah. Don't plan for any one ending. Entertain possibilities mm. as they develop and let the players decide the ending. Through their actions as players.
1: Right. So you can have a clear ending in mind. You, you fight the monster at the end of the dungeon. Mm. That's a clear ending. Now, did the players find the gold key that gets them through the door with the magic sword that beats the monster? Eh. Maybe not. Up to the players. Yeah. Right? So they still have to fight that monster. And if they didn't do those steps, maybe they die. Yeah. They all die.
0: And that's... That, that should be a possibility. That's the sub-point of this. Allow for the quest to fail. Mm-hmm. Allow for players to die. A one-shot is a great way to experience that mm-hmm. without a ton of consequence. And also, allow for, like, PvP. Allow for them to, like, right. betray each other. Maybe even plant the seeds of that early
1: mm-hmm. on. Right. And so, like, okay, here's here's a great example of this kind of, this kind of stuff. Uh, you guys are running a campaign... And, like, it's going pretty good, but, like, it's the second session of the campaign, and your players are feeling a little invincible. And they do some stuff that, like, you know, you roll as the game master, and, like, actually, they they would die right here. But, like, oh, it's so early that, like, I don't want to kill them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And also,
0: maybe you're worried that, you know, did you overbalance, or mm-hmm. did you off, did you unbalance right. the encounter?
1: Right, so, you know, all right, you fudge that as the game master like okay you survived which is barely Mm -hmm. right and then like the next session like say you're playing like a high fantasy thing the next session the beginning of the session this is where the one shot comes in is like oh a magic man blows dust in your face all the players face Mm -hmm. and they go into a dream sequence yeah
0: now you wake up in like a spooky castle Mm -hmm. and you gotta kill each other
1: but they learn how easy it is to die and they're like oh I'm gonna play a little more safely. Mm-hmm. Good thing because like they don't necessarily know it's a dream. But like, oh, we all are. We all are dead, right, Game Master? Fun fact: It was actually a dream. So you're yeah. also alive. But
0: now you wake up at camp, and that guy just robbed you or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you learned a bunch of lessons. Mm-hmm. That's a you know a whole other aside, maybe yeah. a whole other topic about Probably. how you can fit one shots into a uh, a bigger narrative. Anyways, but but
1: so they can die. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. One-shots are a great way to experience player death Um, because uh, it's just a one-shot. Nobody cares, right?
0: Yeah. Um, The other thing about endings, well, the next thing. We have a couple more things. We do. Uh, But the next thing about endings is play up to the ending and then end it. Um, You see this a lot in video games, and this is maybe one of the places where, like, pen and paper should steal from video games and not try and, you know, like, be its separate thing. It is you know, keep the goal in mind and play up to that goal. However, you know, if they fail, if they succeed, whatever happens, play up to that and then call that the end of the adventure. It's not worth your time usually to, like, return to town or to, Mm you know, play the aftermath of, you know, um
1: right well so really so like uh and i guess we kind of actually kind of breeze through it but so like the beginning of the session of this one shot should be a lot well should be we've had success yeah in like a little narrative and like oh talking about like say you're in a dungeon talking about how dark and wet And spooky the dungeon is,
0: and that's just you know great Mm. writing advice and great done Mm. or game mastering advice. Anyway, you know be descriptive, right? So like paint the
1: picture. The ending of this dungeon is fight the big monster at the end. So when they come into the room, that's where the big monster is. Be like, okay, do you guys enter the next room? Players are like, yes, we do. Game masters like, okay, well you enter the room and it's dark. And then like, then you hear some rustling and you guys are like, what's that? And then you look up and a shadow, uh, you know, some real narrative, play it up, ham it up, ham it up because it's fun.
0: And yeah, telegraph the hell out of it that it is the end Mm. because whatever happens, if the dragon eats them all up or if they slay the dragon or if one of them stabs their teammate in the back and just runs away, like whatever (laughs) it is... And all of those are fucking great endings. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it is, that's going to be the end. There, there's yeah. no reason. Uh, one of my favorite games is Darkest Dungeon. And if you're not familiar, it's a uh, running a party through roguelike dungeon runs. And then you return back to town, kind of lick your wounds, count your loot, and then you go back into the dungeon. Mm. you don't play returning to the dungeon once you've accomplished the goal of whatever run you set out on Mm. you just click the button you count up your gold and you're back in town right and so
1: like maybe you're running short on time like you budgeted three hours but uh in a counter run ran pretty long and so like now you're you're going on four hours and like you know your your players are looking at their watch like well i gotta go you know meet my boyfriend at like three o'clock and you know oh it's two forty-five. so like time to fucking go right mm-hmm. so strip you know strip away some stuff that you would maybe like were excited to get to and just like put the final ending
0: there yeah put the final encounter where it needs to go and don't be afraid to cut other stuff along the way you know and
1: definitely cut the aftermath
0: yeah just right, like right. say what happens. There's right. You
1: can give a five minute summary about like you return to town all triumphant and like the townspeople roar when you come out of the dungeon with the head of the monster under your arm and like drinks all around, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's just like five minutes of talking and then everybody feels real happy or, you know, in our experience, everybody feels real happy. Yeah. But, you know. Not because it was a good dungeon, but because we drugged their drinks. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Woo!
0: Oh well, we fucking didn't.
1: <laughs> no. Uh do you never 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 spike somebody's drinks.
0: Uh public service announcement, that's bad. Well if you have to. If you have to spike their drinks uh to get them to enjoy your dungeon, maybe this isn't a hobby for you. <laughs> but Yeah. You you might find yourself in a situation where you're just pushing the limits of time or uh Pushing the the stamina of your player group yeah. or yourself, you know, maybe you're new to this and you didn't think this was going to take four hours, but taxing. it happened. Um. So. So there, there it is. folks. Yeah, uh, there's one shots.
1: Uh, summarize it. Ended. It. You remember what a one shot is because we've been talking about it for the fucking hour. Uh, but we gave a case of why one shots. Hopefully, it resonated with you. Uh, we talked about how to make the setting or. Advice on the setting of the one shots, you know, make it specific. Uh, set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, give your players direction. So, like the direction of a one shot should be clear. Clear and goal. If it's not like before they make the characters clear, in like the first encounter, it should be clear have it what happen doing, to them, right? and
0: then be like, "Oh, survival is the goal now." For example,
1: mm-hmm. um, you know the structure of a one. We talked about the structure of the one shot. Uh, you know, make it contained. Um, encounters, keep the encounters uh improvisational, like oh, so like I have a list of ten encounters, don't need to go through all ten. Mm-hmm. Just like pick your favorites or you know what have you, whatever system you have for doing that. And move them
0: around, puzzle them into the experience right. however you need to that, to that move will, the story forward. That
1: will make them make the player choices seem um like they mean something. Make it seem non linear. Because avoid railroading whenever possible. So like, hey, you ro- I roll a dice just for show. You guys are fighting a crocodile.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, you know, it, then it makes it seem like, oh, well, what if I wonder what else he has in store for yeah, us? Yeah, you don't whoever.
0: necessarily have to have a, an encounter table of ten monsters. Mm-hmm. But you can make it seem like there's, there's a lot more to it. There's different tools
1: to make it seem like there's a lot more to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then end it. End it. Bring it together. Whether or not, like, it's how you imagined it when you wrote it out as a game master, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: make it satisfying for your players
0: somehow or another. And let them decide what that is. If they fail, they fail because of their actions. If they Mm -hmm. succeed, same reason. Or if it devolves into, you know, something completely else. That can be wildly fun. Maybe they all fight each other. (laughs) That can be super fun if, you know, an adventure just, like, completely doesn't pan out the way you wanted it to. But you kind of just got to roll with the punches and decide when the ending is going to be and end it. Because a one-shot is, as we said in the beginning, defined more than any other sort of role-playing session by having a clear beginning and end and that occurring in the same space of time. It's not a campaign that you might do for years and might not ever finish. It's a thing that you're going to start and finish in one sit-down, ideally.
1: All right. Uh, uh, I think that does it for talking about one shots.
0: That about does it. Yeah. Uh,
1: thanks for listening to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. As mm-hmm. always, you can find us on 2hgm.com.
0: We want to reiterate this. Uh, at that website, you can at us. And uh, with this sort of instructional discussion content we want to engage with you about this. Let us know if this uh how this works for you or if you think we missed anything or if right. you know like you if think we're off if there's base there's a question about something. and
1: they're like, "Hey, what about this, guys?" We'd love to hear it and we'd mm. try to give you the, the best answer we can.
0: As well, um on 2hgm.com is the Eclipse Engine along with a character sheet and eventually there will be some more products up there as well, but right now our game engine is up there for free, available for oh, download. Game engine, always going to be free. Yeah, and that's going to be free forever. That's But um, we might put some other stuff up there in the future. Some of
1: our original settings and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, also on our website, 2HGM.com, is our Patreon link. Uh, go support us if you think we're worth supporting. We do. Mm,
0: that's why we do it. <laughs> for the uh, <laughs> For the support. Um, Join us next time for another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. And thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of their song Pond Hill is Finest as as a theme music for this program. And I think that does it. I
1: think that does it. Uh, See you next time.
0: Yep.